Hello, and welcome back to the Sustainable Brown Girl podcast. This show exists to provide representation for women of color in the environmental space, to highlight their stories, and to educate the masses about how to be more eco-friendly every day. From gardening to thrifting, minimalism to veganism, sustainable business owners to influencers, environmentalists to activists, we are all on a journey to taking better care of our bodies and our planet. I'm your host, Ariel Green. This episode is sponsored by Gaia, the eco-friendly line of vibrators by Blush. Stay tuned to learn how to enter our giveaway of a Gaia vibrator. It's wedding season. Yes, apparently 80% of weddings take place between May and October. It's not even May yet, and I've actually already been to two weddings this year. And I just celebrated my own 10-year wedding anniversary on Earth Day. So I've got love bugs in my eyes. (laughs) But seriously... It's been a long time since I got married, but I know that weddings can get expensive. And as a sustainable brown girl, we also know that they can be wasteful. In today's episode, we're talking about a major unique way to save money on a wedding dress while reducing your impact on the planet. But before we get too deep into that, I want to remind you to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It's super easy to do on any Apple device. Just search for Sustainable Brown Girl Podcast and be sure to follow if you aren't already. Then scroll down to the review area and I'm sure you want to leave a five-star review. So go ahead and do it. It really helps us with getting more people to discover the show. Be sure to leave a review on Apple Podcasts and I will feature it in an upcoming episode. If you're not already, be sure to follow Sustainable Brown Girl on Instagram and use the hashtag Sustainable Brown Girl to be featured on the page. I love seeing what everyone's up to, their sustainable swaps, their outfit inspo. So I love sharing that on Instagram. Also, if you have a few dollars to spare, please consider becoming a Sustainable Brown Girl patron on Patreon. It really helps to keep the show going on a consistent basis, and you'll get access to some exclusive content. A link to the Patreon page is in the show notes. As always, your support is greatly appreciated. Now it's time for a pop quiz. Just a reminder that we've started incorporating little pop quizzes into each episode. I know that we have some consistent listeners, so this one might be easy for you. Each week, I'll recap something that was covered in a past episode. It could be last week's episode or one from two months ago. If you know the answer, simply DM at Sustainable Brown Girl on Instagram, and I'll give you a shout out in the stories. Got it? Okay. This week's question comes from episode 59 with Amy Rose Fall. What was one of the tactics that she uses to find land to garden on? This one literally blew my mind. If you know the answer, send me a DM on Instagram and I'll give you a shout out. Also, if you didn't know, we record the video from almost all of our podcast interviews. So if you want to see the full video versions, 
head over to the Sustainable Brown Girl YouTube channel and subscribe. Sometimes our guests will show something to the camera that you obviously can't see if you're just listening to the audio. And it's so much fun to be able to see all of these Sustainable Brown Girls live. A link to the video for this episode is in the show notes. Okay, now let's get into this discussion with today's featured Sustainable Brown Girl, London Carter, the co-founder and CEO of Lane London, a first-of-its-kind rental bridal shop in Atlanta. London and co-founder Tiffany have created a more cost-efficient and eco-friendly solution that allows brides to feel beautiful in the dress of their dreams on their wedding day. Thank you so much for joining us today, London. Today's featured sustainable brown girl is London Carter, the co-founder and CEO of Lane London, a first of its kind rental bridal shop in Atlanta. London and other co-founder Tiffany have created a more cost-efficient and eco-friendly solution that allows brides to feel beautiful in the dress of their dreams on their big day. Thank you so much for joining us today, London. Thank you so much for having me. This is this is I'm super excited about this. I've been I've been wanting to do a podcast on sustainability um, in the bridal industry for a long time. Yes, yay! Well, this is perfect then. So let's just kind of talk about Lane London. Like, what led you and Tiffany to start it? Yeah, yeah. So Tiffany and I are longtime friends. Um, we've been friends now, gosh, since. Honestly, I think we met maybe the first couple of weeks that I was in Atlanta, so about 11 or 12 years. Um, and, you know, we both started Lane London, not as experts in the bridal industry, but just merely as brides to be who didn't want to spend thousands of dollars on a dress. And so I had recently got married and went through that whole process. Um, I actually landed up using, uh, well, I wanted to use my grandmother's dress. So I had that remade and that landed up costing way more than I would have ever spent on a brand new dress. Um, and then Tiffany, you know, she, her parents are retired, they're on a fixed income, and her and her fiance um, at the time were um, small business owners, and so they didn't want to spend a lot either. And, you know, all of our friends, we were at that age where all of your friends were getting married, and we all kind of were like, there has to be something else. We were busy, we were, you know, getting our graduate degrees, we were working, and it's just like, you know, why do I want to drop like five, ten grand on something that I'm going to wear for not even a whole day, but just a couple hours? Yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah. I mean, wedding dresses are so expensive. Like I, when I got married and I went with a, like one of the cheaper brands, I got a Maggie Sotero dress. So it was like a thousand. Oh, that's not too but, cheap. That's a, up there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is. So, I mean, you know, for me, I'm like in my early twenties, like, you know, just out of college. So yeah, it was super expensive for me. And um, yeah, like, you know, like you said, you're only wearing it for a few hours. And I actually ended up selling my dress afterwards and got nice. like, you know, 50% back. But um, so, so tell me more, like, how exactly does the rental process work? Yeah, so we try and make it as simple as possible. Because like I said, you know, we know women are busy where, you know, you're working, you're raising children, you're, you know, you have your amazing fiance um, and, and wedding planning, honestly, um, can be a full-time job. Um, the yeah. more and more I'm around brides, um, they're like, I didn't realize this was like going to be my, my whole life for a year. Right. And so, um, so how the rental process works is you book an appointment on our website. So um, we do ask that you come to Atlanta for that first appointment. 
Um, and we get lots of brides from all over the United States who want to support us or really, you know, just want a sustainable option or just an option to, to rent. And they would much rather, you know, book a flight, come to Atlanta. Atlanta's great. Um, come here for the mm -hmm. weekend um, and spend that money on a weekend with their girls and then, you know, spend a fraction of that on their dress. Um, so, so they're getting the best of both worlds. Um, so you'll start off by booking an appointment um, either on our site, you can do it through our Instagram, um, or you can give us a call or text. Um, and so once you come to our Atlanta showroom, um, you'll meet with myself or one of our amazing stylists. Um, and we, we actually do packages. So this is something that we started um, in January. So instead of looking through the dresses and saying, okay, like what's, you know, how much is this one? How much is that one? So it's $9.99, so it's $1,000 and you get any dress in our collection. You get our signature alterations package and you get one free accessory. So like a hair piece, a necklace, a bracelet, um, just something that accessorizes your dress. And so we really do try and pride ourselves on um, being a one-stop shop for the bride. Um, so she doesn't have to try and match things throughout uh, the whole time that she's planning the wedding. She can come to us, she can get her dress, get her veil, get, get everything that she needs. Um, and then once she finds the dress, she works with one of our amazing seamstresses. So they have over 25 years of experience. Um, and I think they're around the corner, so I want to speak very highly of them. Um, so you work with one of our amazing <laughs> seamstresses to ensure that your dress fits you perfectly. So that's one of the things that people um, ask, like, you know, because I'm renting the dress, is it going to fit me? Is it going to be too big, too small? We, the dress will fit you like a glove. So whether you want uh, to add straps, maybe you uh, are a little self-conscious with your arms and you want to add sleeves, you can do whatever you want to make that dress your own. Um, and then you get married in it. Um, well, I did skip a step. So, so once you do all your alterations, so you'll come for three appointments and then we'll send it off to dry cleaning, uh, make sure it's steamed, cleaned and ready to go. You'll pick it up, you'll have fun, um, bring it back a little dirty um, and then you're done. You, you're, you're finished and you can start your life with your new hubby. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, I was wondering about the alterations too. So, I mean, I'm assuming they do like temporary alterations so they can just take it out for the next person. We have a little secret sauce that I don't okay, like gotcha. to give away, but um, <laughs> fair. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, that's awesome. <laughs> wow. So, um, for the people who are out of town, how like do you ship their dress to them later? Um, no, so they would actually come back. So, um, what we okay. do is. Um, They'll usually let us know if, if, if they have an out-of-state out of zip code, we'll, we'll kind of call and ask them if they're from out of town. But if they let us know that, hey, I'm coming from out of town, um, we'll just make sure that one of our seamstresses is there. Um, and I would say about 98% of the appointments who come from out of town land up saying yes to address. Um, and so what we do is we make sure that we have some, some time afterwards for them to go through that first appointment. So as I mentioned before, there's three alterations appointments. So once she says yes to the dress, she'll then move over to our alteration side, which is right next door, that's where I'm at now. And she'll have that full 45 minute consultation with her seamstress. Um, and then what will happen is for her next appointment, so she'll end up coming back twice, sometimes three, and that really depends on what she's getting done to the dress. But for that yeah. second visit, she'll come um, usually on the weekend. Um, she'll come early in the morning for the second appointment. And then the seamstress will work on it throughout the day. She can go have brunch, you know, go shopping, do what she wants to do here in Atlanta. Uh, we even had a bride who said that uh, her and her friends went to Six Flags and came back. <laughs> um, <laughs> nice. so, so, there, so there's lots to do here. Um, and then she'll come back in the afternoon um, once, this, once the seamstress has maybe like four or five hours to work on it. Um, and she'll have that third appointment. 
And usually at that third appointment, everything's good to go. She signs off on it, and then we send it to dry cleaning. Um, we can ship it to her if if she's far away. We've ha- we've done a few California, Oregon weddings where we can ship it to them. Um, but usually they'll come back, um, and sometimes they're even from out of town and they're getting married in Atlanta. And um, we we see that a lot. Mm. So they you know either at college or moved away, but their families are here. Um, so they'll just right. come back. They'll pick up the dress, and they're good to go. Wow, that's so cool. <laughs> so now I'm wondering, like, what types of brands do you carry? Do you carry like all the major brands, or not all of them, but you know, like, do you mainly carry the major brands of wedding dresses? That's a great question. So we actually try and carry um, brands that you're not going to see at all of the bridal shops. Um, mm. So we do carry some of the major brands. So Justin Alexander. Um, I'm sure most brides are familiar with his collections. I think he has four or five collections now. Um, So he is one of our main designers. We actually have with him what's called a bridal buyback program. And so how that works is if a bride isn't sure about renting, um, because we know that it's still a new concept. So if she's not sure about renting, she can actually purchase the dress from us and then decide later on if she wants to keep it or if she wants to give it back. Um, And so... What if she decides that she wants to give back, she'll get a percentage of her money back. So like somewhere between like 30 and 40 percent. So that's an option. And that's a program that we do with Justin Alexander's brand new collections. Um, Now, we do carry a few other designers um, that we have exclusivity with um, in the Atlanta area. Um, One of those um, is Oksana Muka and the other is Pilardi. Um, And those two designers we're in a very unique place with them right now. So they are actually Ukrainian. Um, and so we have been working really closely with them for the past, I would say, three or four months um, to ensure that not only they're safe and you know the safety of their families and, and their business, but that also the brides that we have um, custom dresses with or orders with them are um, going to receive their dresses in time. And so it's, it's, it's something that I would have never in a million years thought um, we would have a situation that I would have had to navigate, but um, yeah. they truly are... Um, you know, everything that you're seeing on the news, just how they're really standing up for their country. And they're right. they're just, you know, just amazing people. Like this company is, they're still working. They're, you know, making dresses and also making uniforms for their soldiers. Um, they've wow. moved most of, yeah, they're amazing. And, you know, it's one of the reasons why we've decided to continue with them. Um, they're moving a lot of their um, operations to Poland, um, but they are still operating there in Western Ukraine. Um, and so, you know, we're trying to do as much as we can to support them and support the people of Ukraine. Um, wow. Yeah. And then we have a few other designers um, that are a little less known, but um, they have recently came recently meeting within the last four or five years um, have started um, coming to the United States. So one of them is Turkish and they're beating and they're just the work is phenomenal. And we're actually one of the only shops in the United States that carries them. So when brides come in, uh, we may not have, you know, 2000 dresses, but, you know, of yeah. the 200 that they'll see, um, I guarantee you they will not see some of those in other places in Atlanta. Yeah, that's awesome. So you have like a unique dress, you know? Absolutely. Yes. Yes. That's that's amazing. So um, tell me more, like, why are system or why are why is renting a dress a more sustainable option than buying one? Yeah. Yeah. So this is the part I'm excited about that. I, I don't yeah. think in the bridal industry and just really in fashion, you know, with with fast fashion and and, you know, just mm-hmm. these websites where you can 
you know, pay 99 cents for a shirt and get it tomorrow. <laughs> right. uh, won't yeah. put out any names because I'm guilty. I do it sometimes. <laughs> um, not, not, not that cheap, but like, you know, yeah. it's, it's, you know, everyone gets those ads on Instagram and you're like, that's great. Like, and then you go into a yeah. rabbit hole and like you have 10 items in your cart and it's like $20 and you're just like, Right. But, but I, yeah, so, but I think though, you know, I think what's important is, you know, consumers have been become more and more conscious. And I know I have, you know, where the products and services come from, whether that's your clothing, whether that's your toilet paper, you know, wh whatever it is. And, you know, for specifically for our industry with over two and a half million weddings this year, um, which is the most actually since the 80s, um, most of that is because of COVID. Yeah. Um, you know, I think we are really helping reduce the amount of clothing that ends up, you know, either in the back of a bride's closet or even worse in landfills. Um, you know, renting your dress, I think not only, um, you know, you're, you're wearing it once, like you said, for a few hours, but what we're doing is we're allowing three or four, sometimes even five other brides to take that dress and wear it and make it her own on her special day. And, you know, I think whether you, um, whether you, you know, want to kind of believe it or not, because some people are like, oh, well, I know that I'm going to keep this dress and my daughter's going to wear it. And, you know, that's it. I can say with complete confidence, I have never seen a bride come in um, with her um, mother's wedding dress. I guess I'm an exception since I wear my grandmother's, but that whole, that was, that was a lot too, but have never come in and, and done that. And, you know, as, as much as people want to kind of believe that, I think because this industry is so steeped in tradition and, and so used to doing this, doing it the same way for really our entire life, um, it's, it's hard to kind of adjust to the to thinking like, okay, I'm gonna wear something beautiful, then I'm gonna give it back. Um, so yeah. yeah, so we're you know working really diligently on kind of expanding that message and and really showing people that you know just because you're renting, you're not compromising your style for affordability or or even for sustainability uh, purposes. And so we want to make sure that everyone um, does their part in any capacity to to make sure that our our world is around for a little bit longer. Yes, right. Yeah, that's a you. Know, like your website says, like guys have been renting suits for ages, you know, exactly. like why not yes. do the same for the, for this dress? Exactly. So, yeah. So what are some of the pros and cons of renting a wedding dress? Like I would think one of the first cons that people would think about is like regret, you know, like, oh, I uh, wore this dress once, but now, you know, like I want to keep it, like you said, for my daughter or whatever. And so like I said, I sold my wedding dress like within six months after my wedding. And I have very few regrets, you know, like I'll think about it every now and then. I'm like, oh, I wish I got more photos, but there's nothing I could do about that, even if I had the dress, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So what yeah. are some of the like pros and cons that you think? Well, and also, you know, you got to think about it. Like technology has evolved so much over the years. So, yeah. you know, I'll age myself. I'm 36. Um, so I remember, you know, having the disposable cameras or even just a camera and taking pictures, hoping it came out and going yes. and, you know, 24 or 24 hours later or a couple of days later, getting the pictures and hoping that they look decent. And uh -huh. so I think because the way that technology and social media has really shifted, you like you said, like you can have a phenomenal photographer and have these amazing photos of your dress like Think about it. So for people who do keep their dress, have you ever been to someone's house and they're like, oh, let me pull out my wedding dress and show you what it looked like? Um, no. They either A, <laughs> probably can't fit it anymore or B, like nobody does that. 
they right. say, hey, <laughs> let me show you a picture on my phone, like my screensaver would be my yes. husband. Or, you know, I have a photo album that I made um, and went old right. school and printed out photos. So I think that it's it's that mentality shift of, oh, I have to have this because it's so sacred and this is what I wore on my big day. Well, you can also have phenomenal photos and, you know, make those into, you know, posters or, or, or things to hang around your house. Um, right. I know I used, um, I think, Groupon and got like these really cool canvases made of my husband yes. and I. Um, and it was like 200 bucks. And we got like four or five of them and they're still hanging in our house. And so I, I think for for people who are still unsure about it, that could definitely be a way for us to com combat um, that, that con. But really, I wouldn't say it's much cons as it's much, like yeah. I said, overcoming those barriers and concerns that brides have about renting their dress instead of buying. Like, you know, you know, renting a gown, you know, it feels like, you know, it's a compromise. You know, we want we want them to feel like it's a normal way of life, you know, of getting your gown, just like it is now to jump in a stranger's car to go to a concert. Like, 15, 20 years ago, you would have been like, wait, what? So, or, or staying at a stranger's house when you're on vacation. Um, and so right. like companies like Airbnb and Uber and even Rent the Runway really did set the pavement for uh, for us to be able to to operate and have this model and people feel comfortable. But, you know, we don't want people to feel like it's discounted. You know, we, we don't want people to feel like they're just kind of like they come in and we send them to the back of the store and there's a rack of these dresses that, you know, are old and, and smelly. You know, you know, we, we really pride ourselves in making it feel like a premium experience. Um, mm -hmm. You know, renting your gown doesn't need to be something that you hide. Um, renting your ground, gown should be a, a point of pride, a point of like, I saved all this money. I don't know about you. But, you know, right. I got this money. I can now have an open bar and the photographer and videographer that I want. So really yeah. kind of just making them feel like feel as special and have those moments that they would get if they went to another bridal shop or that they're supposed to get when they go to another bridal shop. Yes. Yes. I love that. On average, about how much would a bride save by renting her dress versus um, buying one? Yeah. It's a great question. Um, when you talk about the alterations in addition to mm -hmm. the dress, it's well over $2,500. Well, wow. mm -hmm. absolutely. Yeah. And, well, and I would say yeah. that's probably on the lower end. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, that's it. That is a really big savings. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, something that I tell people, which is a, a fact, and I hope I don't mess it up, is um, over 70 percent of couples go into some form of debt when they're getting married, um, whether that's credit card debt, whether that's borrowing from your from your parents. Um, and so in addition to the sustainability piece, I think just the being financially smart about your wedding and being mm -hmm. able to have all of the different aspects that you want um, a part of your big day without having to compromise is is super important. And that's something that you know, financial literacy is something that I hold near dear to my heart. Um, I do have a financial background and and really making sure that people understand that you can have, you know, your cake and eat it too. <laughs> um, but yeah. you can have, you know, the dress of your dreams and still have money saved over for a honeymoon or or for a new house or whatever um, you and your, your new husband want to do. Yes, right. Exactly. Yeah, definitely starting your marriage off on the right foot and Absolutely. not in debt is going to make things a little bit easier. Yes, yes, totally. <laughs> Now for a quick ad break. Whether you're a newlywed, single, in a long-term relationship, or somewhere in between, having a sustainable vibrator in your pleasure toolkit is a necessity. 
Gaia vibrators by Blush are made from eco-friendly materials like Biofeel, a plant-based bioplastic, and BioTouch, a soft, natural, responsibly harvested rubber. With multiple unique designs crafted to pinpoint optimal areas of pleasure, this line of Gaia vibrators are perfect for new or experienced users. We are giving away one Gaia vibrator to a Sustainable Brown Girl podcast listener. To enter, make sure you're following Sustainable Brown Girl on Instagram and comment on our recent post about Gaia vibrators. For a bonus entry, leave a review on Apple Podcasts and DM us a screenshot of your review. This giveaway closes on Wednesday, May 4th. In the meantime, click the link in the show notes to learn more about the Gaia Eco-Friendly Vibrator Collection and decide which one you want to try first. Thanks, Gaia, for sponsoring this episode and giveaway. Now I want to kind of shift more into like the entrepreneur, like business owner side of, you know, having the bridal shop. So, um, well, I see you have your shirt on that you, that, what is, what does your shirt say? So it says only entrepreneurs work 80 hours to avoid working 40 hours. Um, I saw this on Instagram. It's a brand called Curtis Black Label and it is so comfortable too. Um, (laughs) And I'm just like, I need that shirt because that is so true. Um, but there's a huge difference because I would not trade the 80 hours that I spend on Lane London for any other 80 hours in a corporate job or working for someone else. So there, there is a difference. Right. What did you say your background was in? Like, you know, you said you weren't planning on going into the bridal industry. So what was your plan A? Oh, it was all over the place, but, um, okay. High level. My plan a was corporate America and just shattering that glass ceiling. Um, so I went to a small private school in St. Augustine, Florida called Flagler college. Um, and I studied political science and communications. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I worked in DC, so I had, uh, my great uncle worked for uh, a Senator in DC. And so I would spend my summers interning in DC. Um, I thought that's, that was going to be my path whether it was a legislative aide or working for a nonprofit or maybe even, um, you know, maybe even Obama. <laughs> um, yeah. But, um, but yeah, so, so I, I was in that and then I went to DC and um, nothing against DC, but it just wasn't for me. It just wasn't for me. Um, and, you know, I, I graduated, I said I was 36, so um, people can probably do the math, but I graduated during a, a little bit uh, before the Great Recession. And so um, it was very tough navigating that and really trying to figure out, okay, now you went to school, you're supposed to be able to just go to school and then get, you know, get a job and then stay there for 15, 20 years and then retire and, you know, move to Boca. But um, it was a little different. And, you know, that's why I feel for, you know, college students right now that are going through the pandemic. Um, I actually would much rather go through a recession than the pandemic. <laughs> but right. um, but it was, um, I, I had really amazing parents who kind of let me um, figure out what worked for me. So um, I worked for Michael Kors for a little bit. I think that's kind of where my um, passion, passion for, um, Fashion. I didn't want to rhyme, but okay. <laughs> fashion for I've always loved fashion and just the way that it makes you feel. Um, no matter what size you are, no matter where you are. Like I grew up with three brothers, and you know, my we were you know very middle middle class, and we would go to Goodwill and you know Salvation Army, and 
we we made it fun where we're like, let's just buy this vintage like before it was cool to shop at them. And so with fashion, you're really able to express yourself um, and, um, you know, have that confidence. And that's what I try and do with my brides, um, no matter what size they are. Um, and just let them know, hey, let's throw out the whole budget talk and let's throw out what you're self-conscious about. Let's figure out what makes you feel good. And mm -hmm. and let's go from there. And so um, I worked in fashion for a while. Um, then I moved over to finance, um, realized that that wasn't for me, um, moved over to finance. And then um, HR, people services is where I kind of landed prior to starting Lane London. So I was I worked in diversity and inclusion um, and at a, a large Fortune 500 company and still super passionate about that work. I've just kind of transitioned it into my own business. Um, right. And while I was there, yeah, I um, landed up getting my executive MBA at Emory. Um, cause I was missing that kind of business piece. I, I, I loved politics and communications, but I'm um, really understanding how to run a business and how to, um, to create a scalable, um, company was something that just always intrigued me. And, um, yeah, so that's all, all of those different, uh, experiences. That's why I tell kids, like if you, if you graduate undergrad and have no idea what you're going to do, that's actually okay. It's probably for the better. Yeah. Um, and just really follow right. your heart and follow, follow what you feel, feel is, is right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It sounds like you have a lot of good, like background experience that kind of comes together for you to run your business, you know? Absolutely. That's amazing. Yes. So what have been some of the challenges and like some of the successes of having Lane London? Yeah. Um, you know, I think there's always going to be challenges when you're disrupting an industry or really disrupting yeah. anything. Um, you know, I've heard no probably more than I ever thought I would hear in my lifetime. Um, mm. And uh, no, or, you know, I just don't get it. Or, you know, I'm not sure if, you know, enough people will like this or want to do this. And you really kind of have to, you know, take all of that exterior noise and, um, you know, use that to, to catapult you and to have you cont continue going and, and persevering. And so, um, you know, I think, being able to prove people wrong has always been something that um, I've loved to do. Um, you know, I, you know, I'm part Spanish, part African-American and part Irish. And so like, you know, I grew up in the eighties and eighties and nineties and, and, you know, thankfully I didn't face too much adversity growing up. It wasn't until I reached corporate America that I started to kind of see, you know, I am a little different than these people. Mm -hmm. um, but, but what I was able to build was, you know, that resiliency and, you know, that thick skin to be able to say, look, I can do it and I can prove you wrong. Um, and here's how I'm yeah. going to do it. Um, I love, and I just forgot her name, but the, the new Supreme court judge, um, I just, oh, I yeah. think her, her story is just phenomenal and how she just represents, you know, the 99% of America that hasn't been heard um, and says that, you know, she's had to she's had to work harder than any of the just current justices uh, and probably mm -hmm. ones that have passed and and yet she's being grilled on things that they would have never been grilled on um and i think that's just something as you know black and brown girls we we go through and we we kind of we kind of say we know that we're going to go through it and we know how to get past it so um i mean there have been challenges but we've overcame them um we've actually thrived in the challenges, um, whether that was COVID, whether that was through this, you know, recession that we're kind of going through, but um, we've, we've really been able to overcome. 
Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. You mentioned that you've gotten a lot of no's and stuff and people not getting it. I'm assuming that would be like from some of the bridal companies. Not as much. Yeah. I mean, not as much the bridal companies, um, more on the uh, financial side. Um, Uh, Yeah. More, more on the financial side. Um, Small business loans, SBA. I'll put it out there. Um, You you know, it's, it's like, because our model is so different, we would hear yeah. things like, you know, your projections don't make sense. Like how, you know, mm. how are you? My favorite is like, we, I said, I think this was like three years ago. I said in 2020, in 2021, we were, we, we could do 150,000. And I think at the time we were doing around like 30 or 40,000. They're like, that just doesn't make any sense. And cause then it said like in 2022, we're going to do a quarter of a million. And like, and they're just like, there's no way. We don't see it. And we have yeah. blown those numbers away. We've actually 10x that. Yes. So, um, yeah. Oh my so God. <laughs> that, that's, that's pretty fun just like to go, like someone was like, you should email that person who denied you and like send her your like financial statements and be like, yep. there you go. Yes. <laughs> wow. but, but, you know, it's again, it's just like without that, without those no's, it wouldn't have pushed us to say, all right, well, let's, how are we going to increase our revenue to make sure that we can make payroll to make sure that we can, you know, advance how we need to, we have to do it on our own. If they're not going to do it for us, we can either, you know, crawl in a hole and cry, or we can figure it out ourselves and do it. And, um, we really haven't looked back from there. We are going to, we are actually going to start, um, raising a, a seed round, um, later this year, early next year, but we've been able to go another two years without doing that. Um, and wow. so that's, that's been amazing. That's incredible. My gosh, yeah. congratulations on Thank your you. success and Thank growth. You. I, I just imagine it's going to keep growing. <laughs> so yes. Do you have any plans like for franchises, you know, like what's next for Lane London? <laughs> we have some things in the work uh, works. Yeah. Um, I can't go into too much detail uh, on that sure. right now, but um, we do plan, I can say we do plan on offering uh, Lane London to brides across the United States. Um, yes, we do. So exciting. Oh my gosh. I can't wait. I'm sure, you know, with, with having, you know, more options out there, that's just going to spread the word more, get more people to rent their dresses, be sustainable, help the planet, you know, and look great doing it, saving money. That's so amazing. (laughs) We got, we got some really cool things in the works that what I, what I tell my team is, you know, I just don't want to be cool or the new thing. I want us to be remarkable. Um, I want us to be um, the go-to for when Mm -hmm. you get married. Um, And there's no other option. It's just like, oh yeah, you're getting married. Oh yeah. Yeah. I got to go to London. I got to book my appointment. And like, so it's, it becomes a household name. It not only becomes a household thing to rent your dress and be sustainable, um, whether that's just your dress or your entire wedding, which I can talk about that too. I got some fun stuff. But, um, you know, we are, we're that premier experience. You don't even think mm-hmm. about the rental piece. You just say, I got to go get my dress at Lane London. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Because I yeah. mean, like we've been saying this whole time, you're wearing it one time. Like, why not rent it? Absolutely. It just makes sense. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. One awesome. of our slogans is, I don't think it's over here. It says, men do it. Why shouldn't women? Because exactly. men, men have been renting their tuxedos forever. I mean, yeah. yeah, my husband rented his. I mean, he's never going to wear a tuxedo. He's just, that's not him. And so it's like, 
buying one for a couple thousand dollars wasn't even an option for him. It was just like, right. and sometimes men will, men uh, will come in with their fiancés and they'll be like, wait, we, we thought this was an option. Or they're the ones that told their, their fiancés to look into it because they're like, well, yeah. can't you already do that? Like, and so, so that's really cool. Those are cool memories. Right. Yes. That's amazing. I love it so much. Well, London, it's been such a pleasure having you on. Um, let us know like where everyone can find you online on Instagram. Yeah. So you can find us of course on the gram, um, Instagram and TikTok, which is our new favorite. Um, we love, if you follow us on TikTok, I, I, I'll go out there and say, I think we're one of, um, one of the, the bridal shops that really that are on TikTok that have fun with the experience and, and make it all about our customers and my awesome staff. Um, mm -hmm. We love, we love like just being fun and goofy. Um, so if you go on there, I think we have a little over 20,000 likes um, and nice. um, a decent amount of followers. And so, so that's a fun place, but definitely Instagram. Uh, we feed a lot over there. Um, you can find us on Facebook. Um, and then our website is blainelondon.com. L-A-I-N-E-L-O-N-D-O-N.com. Yay. Yes. I love watching your, like your reels. <laughs> it's seriously, every time I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to go try on dresses. Like, I hope I never get married again, but I want to go try on dresses. <laughs> yeah, do like a vow renewal. It'd be fun. Right. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Okay. Well, our last question is, um, what does being a sustainable brown girl mean to you? Yeah. So, you know, I put a lot of thought into this question because I think there's different ways that you can approach it. But, you know, I think for me, it's really doing your part, um, doing my part to really use my voice and platform to reduce just the negative impacts of the environment, period. And I think that everyone can do, if everyone does their part, um, it'll just make the world not only a better place, but a more sustainable place to live. Um, my my husband's actually um, French Canadian from Newfoundland up in Canada. And nice. um, well, I haven't been there yet. Um, I'm super excited. Um, I've just seen photos and videos and it's just the air quality and the way of life. And they're just, it's just phenomenal. Um, I have been to some places in Canada, like I don't know if you've ever been to like Banff or, or um, some of the areas just in the mountains. Just the air quality and just the way of life is just so amazing compared to like if you're in like New York City or, or you know, even sometimes here in Atlanta with all the construction and the pollen <laughs> but, um, right. mixed together. It's just like, you know, I think that if we don't do our part, you know, whether it's small or big to make sure that our world um, is is in the right condition that it needs to be for be for our children and for their children. Um, you know, who knows what it's going to look like. And, you know, I think by renting your dress, um, you're eliminating that need for, like I said, new production of hundreds of dresses. Um, you're mm -hmm. offsetting so much carbon emission. Um, you know, we're, we are able to reduce our shipments um, that, that we need to, to buy stuff. And I think, you know, um, there's this really uh, great, guide called the green bride guide which i'll definitely send you the link for but you know they yeah. say that the average wedding produces 400 pounds of garbage and 63 tons of co2 and when i read wow. that i was like that is insane and, and like i said with all of the weddings that are going on now like we've actually almost doubled it'll almost be double what it was a couple of years ago that's almost a billion dollars of trash or a billion pounds of trash and so i wow. think you know if just at 
think about all those weddings, you know, if just a fraction of those two and a half million weddings rented their dress from Lane London. Um, yes. You know, we could we could just be doing so much, so much for our planet. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's there's other than renting your dress, there are definitely ways to be more sustainable with your wedding. So absolutely. That's it. Yeah. I mean, there's there's so many I could that could be a whole nother podcast, but there's so many ways. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's yeah. Yeah, that's definitely something to talk about for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you so much again for joining us today. It's been such a pleasure. And yeah, we will definitely be following what Lane London is up to, because I know you're just going to keep growing and, you know, making all these brides beautiful. Oh, thank you so much, Ariel. This was so fun. Um, I just love taking uh, taking a few minutes out of my crazy schedule and just having a great conversation. Yay. Thanks, London. You're so welcome. Thanks again to Gaia for sponsoring this episode and be sure to follow Sustainable Brown Girl on Instagram to be notified of the giveaway winner on May 5th. If you want to keep the conversation going, follow us at Sustainable Brown Girl on Instagram and Facebook. Check out the website at sustainablebrowngirl.com and send any questions, comments, or topic ideas to podcast at sustainablebrowngirl.com. Be sure to leave a review on Apple Podcasts and tell your friends about your favorite episode. Donate to Patreon if you can, and be sure to watch the full video interview on YouTube. Until next time, let's continue to make better choices for the health of our bodies and the planet. Thanks for listening.